human knee. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime and knee. Um, oh. Welcome. Welcome to Crime and knee. <laughs> We're your hosts, Matt and Ange. And apologies all around. A round of apologies, as always. Apparently, my computer just likes to delete files that I'm not finished using, so that's fun. Um, I feel like every week we make excuses. We are full of excuses. (laughs) Well, after lots of tears and frustration, we're just going to re-record again, like we do all the time. We're back with another episode. We're going to pretend like we didn't just record this to each other and have my computer somehow lose it all. Look, if we actually made money from doing this, we could afford like a computer that's just for this. Or you know, good, we you could know, afford better microphones. microphones. <laughs> we could afford a lot more. But, but we're just not, so you know what? We just do this for fun and even though this fun makes us cry so and pull our hair out. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy our fun festivities while we re-record and pretend that we had never heard each other's episode or each other's uh story before stories that's right so you're gonna hear in this episode lots of great acting lots of you're uh, just really lucky that we're such great actors and we we are are gonna kill it actors also i just want to mention for those of us who believe in this kind of stuff the new moon is today that we're recording, but then the new moon energy is still going to be about when you listen to this. So everyone get to manifesting. It's a really good, powerful moon. So I don't, I mean, that scares me because it makes me feel like the moon is going to delete this episode again. No, no, no. Just got to manifest that it won't. All right, moon. You this hear me? Yeah, hear me, like- moon. You keep this episode so I can record it properly and edit it properly and post it properly. Yeah. Yeah, do that. This dream is all about like abundance and making your dreams come true. So everyone, that's cute. On the other hand, together. <laughs> no, Calif- on the other I'm hand, like over here is so full of smoke. Did you see the sun the other day? It was like bright red. You know. Also, this is happening like all over the world. Greece is having major Everywhere, fires too. Yep. It's really sad. Oregon's got some fires happening. In Colorado, California, Colorado, everywhere is burning. The sun, flooding. The sun is really hot. It's apocalyptic times right now. We yeah, got viruses and fires and extreme heat waves and. So look, we're living in extremely depressing times. <laughs> Don't let it get you down. <laughs> we're only going to tell you some depressing stories just to bring you down a little look, bit more. You gotta but do what you can. You're already down far enough depressed. that like it's not like you're going to get down that further. So enjoy. Look, no matter how bad your day is going, someone else has it worse. So just remember <laughs> that if it helps you. <laughs> no, that doesn't help. That is like I had to tell mom that that is not a helpful thing to say because that is – uh, disregarding other people, uh, the individual struggle. Well, I'm definitely not, like, I'm not saying that your pain doesn't matter. I'm not saying that we need to compare, like, struggles or anything. I'm just saying, you know, do whatever you can to make your day a little bit better. Whatever sure. that means, take care of yourself. Think what you need to think. Just You know what helps guys. sometimes? 
self-care. Giving yourself a spa day. You should check out hey. Humblebee Herbal. They've got lots of stuff to pamper yourself. You can do a lovely bath time. What? You can do a lovely bath with some so- <laughs> soaking salts or a bath fizzy, which is like a bath bomb. But they don't use the word bomb because they're a non-violent company. So throw in That's a bath right. fizzy relax, use some nice soap that they have. They have a really nice um, cleansing grains that you could do like a face mask, which is really nice. And then you could just sit there while your face mask dries and just kind of, you know, spend some time with yourself and try and feel better about things. You can watch a shitty movie or a funny TV show. And and they've got lotion and in all different forms that you can lather yourself up after you're and done with that company, bath. You can feel good about supporting because they don't use single-use plastic. They use glass. They use metal. They use recyclable containers. They're not promoting, like, crazy destruction of the earth. They sustainably source ingredients. Let's support... Look, money talks. Let's support companies that we actually believe in with our money. Stop buying from Amazon. Stop buying from Nestle. Stop supporting Monsanto. Stop supporting all these like bullshit companies that are, that are literally r- destroying our planet. They are literally destroying our planet. And look at the effects right now. <laughs> yep. Thanks, everyone. So check out Humble Bee Herbal and get yourself something nice to pamper yourself with or uh, your friend or your family member or someone. Treat Let's someone, treat yourself. Out. Feel good about what you're buying and what you're putting on your skin. That's humblebeeherbal.com, code CRIMINY20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's humblebeeherbal.com. Also, I just want to mention um, in other good news, the whales in Alaska are having an amazing time because shipments and big like cruise ships have really slowed down in that area. Mm. So let's support our whales and stop with the fucking boats, you guys. Yeah, do you really need to hop on a ship with a buffet and like... That's polluting the ocean and making it so that whales can't talk to each other. Yeah, knock it off. Oh, my God. I had a whale in my dream last night. That was, oh, it was a whale okay. of a tail. Yeah, I was, like, out in the ocean for some reason, which I never, ever do. Ew. And then, like, this whale just, like, jumped in front of me. Free Willy style? Made eye contact with it. Yeah, I made eye contact with it. That was amazing. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen the videos with the whales that come up on, like, the little boats and they, like, scra- they, like give them little scratches and they, like, really like it? No. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. I love them. Okay. Okay. I'm just avoiding this story. Yep. I already told it once. I don't really want to tell it again. <laughs> tell it again with some real pizzazz. <laughs> All right. So I got my information from one source, medium.com. And if you guys want to check out our sources, go to crimeypodcast.com. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Our sources are somewhere on the they, interweb. So find They should it. be posted wherever you're getting your podcast from under our descriptions. So. Okay, cool. Um, so, like always, I looked at other sources. They had the exact same information. Yep. And this takes place in Japan, so maybe that's part of the reason why there's not, like, a whole lot out there. Yeah, I find that, too, when I do a case from a country that um, is not English-based, where the sources are either lackluster or, yeah, they get just, like, minimal information, and then every other English source has minimal information. 
Oh, one more aside. You can delete this if you don't. But uh, during my conference, remember I was telling you about that one speaker that they they were like really good. Yeah. And they made the comment that so like recently helping fields like social workers and psychologists and everyone have been doing like the person first language where it's like, instead of being like, Oh, a depressed person, it's like a person with depression kind of thing. So like, Oh, person first. But then they were saying that like some communities, I think like people with developmental disabilities prefer to be referred and I could be wrong in this. So I don't, I don't want to like insult anyone, but prefer to put the disability first. So like an autistic person, as opposed to like a person with autism, because if there's nothing wrong with having disabilities, which there is nothing wrong with having disabilities, then why wouldn't you name the disability first kind of a thing. But then they were saying that that's like a very English centric way of looking at it because Mm -hmm. in other languages, it's always person first. Mm -hmm. It's either like a person autistic or a person with autism, but it's always person first in like Spanish or any other language. And I was like, that's so fascinating. Well, yeah, because it's like a purely English issue. Yeah. Cause well, and I mean, if you think about it, it's like subject adjective, like you say what you're, you, who you're speaking about and right. then you say about the person, not right. like the random about, and then I tell you who I'm talking about. That doesn't make any sense. Right. So it's like, I just thought that was super fascinating. It's interesting. So just be aware of, you know, Language. the way we're talking about. And things people. are always changing and because people are finding what makes them feel more comfortable and trying to get their yeah. voice out there to let other people know since... Well, it's very individual too, so yeah. not everyone in certain communities prefers. Right, there's always going to be the ways, exception to the rule. So, I mean, I prefer being, you know, person. <laughs> I, I prefer a person being a human. With, <laughs> yeah, not my illness. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Some like you know, but yeah, there's nothing inherently wrong with having a disability. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. So why why are we all embarrassed or why are we like oh you know? Hmm. Anyway, okay, back to this. So January 1998 in Japan, and also sorry for if I say any of the names incorrectly. You will. I will. And like we talked about before, like in my head, I sound like I have a really good accent. And then I listen and I just have like a Valley Girl accent with everything I say. So my Spanish is not, I'm like, oh, I'm doing really good. And then I listen back and it's like, oh God, I butchered that one. Especially when you and I talk together because we get each other all amped up and then we both have valley girl accents no matter what. I feel like my valley girl accent is less when I'm talking to other people. But then when we talk, we're like, oh, my God, it's so cute. Oh, my God. No way. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's that thing that, like, you kind of go back in your default Mm -hmm. mode when you're with people that you grew up with. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I'm recognizing I'm saying a lot of P's, so yep. I apologize. Oh. Oh. You okay. apologize. Up. Apologize. Yeah, do you have to do like the, what are when they you're, called? When you're um, a- The uh, ventriloquist yeah, thing. I was going to say like, mime, but that's the different. The, yeah, when you're doing ventriloquism and you have to change your B's to D's and whatever. So what do you change your P's to? T's maybe? I don't know. Wouldn't be just as bad as p- Well, with a, when you're a ventriloquist, which can you say no, with your I mouth No, I know that, closed? but I'm trying to like yes. figure out what to do. on a mic, either one, right all of them sound bad. Don't replace Damn. them. Just okay. minimize. Don't push so hard. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Now we're back in Japan. Sorry. Oh, right. 1998. It's really Japan. hard to focus today. That's right. Okay. Eiji Harada went out drinking. I definitely said that with a valid girl accent. Eiji Harada went out drinking. <laughs> she like totally went to the mall and was like on hot dog on a, at hot dog on a stick. He, oh, he. he went to the mall. <laughs> All right. When he got home... <laughs> Now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> when he got home, his wife Are Kazuko you trying to make your him. voice deeper? <laughs> no, is it? And you're like, when he got home. I'm use, I'm gonna use my radio voice. <laughs> when he got home. Or my uh what's it called voice? Forensic files. Oh yeah. When he got home, his wife, <laughs> Kazuko, greeted him and gave him a beer. Nice. E.g. passed out. Oh. And the next morning, Kazuko called the police. She said that she woke up and found her husband's cold body. He had died sometime la- that night uh, or in the early hours of the morning. Okay. So a doctor examined the body, obviously, and determined that the cause of death was heart failure. Okay. After doing a CT scan, though, they found that there was air in the blood vessel in the brain. Well, I'm no brain doctor but i don't think that's supposed to be there look unless you're a brain doctor you should not be speculating (laughs) so the autopsy determined that he died of illness illness yeah that was fine oh just a little air in the brain but definitely heart failure illness look a little air in the brain never hurt anyone (laughs) nah you gotta oxygen oxygenate oxygenate your brain Get the blood vessels flowing or something. That's right. That's why they would drill holes to let the demons out back in barbaric times. And some of the air. I mean, I guess they still do that if you're if there's like a lot of pressure in your yeah. brain, right? Yeah. They still release it. Yeah. Oh, that's so oh, I'm so glad I'm not a brain doctor. That sounds <laughs> so intense. <laughs> I just cannot imagine. Don't. You know what? The people who don't get like freaked out by that stuff, more power to you. Yeah, we have to have those kind of people to be doctors and surgeons. <laughs> okay, so now we're moving ahead a year. I was going to say an hour, but actually a year. In March 1999, Hitomi invited her ex-husband over for dinner to talk about issues about their child. They had been separated, so she's like, come on over. We got shit to talk about. And nowhere, they didn't put his name in any, like, they didn't put his name anywhere. Wait, these are so. separate people? Yes. Okay, so the so first one first couple, was guy Kazuko died. and E.G. Right. And now Moving Hitomi on. and her husband that doesn't, isn't named. Okay. So they, he had cheated on her and Uh-oh. had an affair. And so she was like, oh no. It's curtains separating. for you. It's curtains. Whatever happened to that saying? What does that even mean? It's curtains. You know, we yeah, close the curtain. It's like the theater. You close the curtains. It's over. Oh. It's a theatrical <laughs> it's phrase? It's a theater phrase. It's curtains. Okay. They ate some curry, had some drinks, and then Hitomi called the police and said that her ex-husband had collapsed drunk. He was taken to the hospital and confirmed dead the next day due to aspiration pneumonia. Uh, okay. Okay, then the next year, in May 2000, 
A woman named Miyuki, her 82-year-old mother, was visited by a detective agency investigating an affair between her daughter and another person. Uh, what the hell kind of an... Okay. Mm-hmm. We're investigating an affair. We're like the police investigating an affair. No. No, it was a, like a private detective agency. Although I feel like, you know, wouldn't you be sneakier? Yeah. You're supposed to be like a private investigator. Yeah. You're like... Wow, I don't know. That seems very weird. Well, it's going to get weirder because oh, once the detective was they so Miyuki's mom opened the door and they were like talking and then the detective attacked the 82-year-old woman. Excuse me? She jabbed <gasps> a needle into <gasps> her neck and what? injected insulin and then tried to strangle her. Oh, my God. Somehow, this woman was able to crawl away and escape. Wow, what a She's strong 82, woman. She's 82, was just injected in with the insulin. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she, like, got the fuck out of there. Oh, my God. Okay, so these three three happenings. Uh, so even after all this going on, the police didn't really realize like anything was going on. Right. Cause the two were just illness. And then the third, I don't know why they weren't like, this is suspicious, but anyway. <sighs> well, so apparently they don't were... think that, that air in the brain is suspicious or like someone, yeah. um, asphyxiating yeah. after being well, drunk. Pneumonia. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're like totally normal. Check that off. This okay. <laughs> okay, so it wasn't until Hitomi was in trouble with a woman named Junko Yoshida. So Junko was demanding money from her, and Hitomi got scared and then went to police. Okay. She said that she had been threatened by Junko and three others, and she confessed that her husband had been murdered. Okay. Now we're so getting she, to the juice. The meat? She told police. I don't know. Uh-huh. The, the juicy you know, meat. Either of those are gross. Mm. Let's not get to the juice or the meat. Yeah. Initially, she told police about Jinko being a, the negotiator between her and families that were demanding money from her because of her husband's death. Hmm. So Hitomi was the one who had been cheated on. And then we'll get more into like why these families were trying to get money from her. So police did some investigating and they were like, wait a minute, no families are like trying to get money from you. It's just Junko. She's the only one that's like getting money from you. Uh-oh. So she, she then told them that not only had she killed her husband, but there was another murder that happened. Mm. The first murder Junko had learned that Kazuko's husband had been having an affair and used this to convince Kazuko to murder him. So Junko told do, Kazuko that her husband had a lot of debt. Do we know collectors. how Junko knew these women? Yeah, we'll get into it later. Okay. Junko told Kazuko that her husband had a lot of debt and collectors were going to be coming for their family. So it was best for Kazuko to kill him and get the insurance money to pay off the collectors. 
<laughs> then Junko's plan was to pretend to take the insurance money to pay off the debt collectors, but actually pocket the money herself because there were no such collectors. What a benevolent woman. She's like, you know what? She's so I kind. think these people are going to come after you for money. I don't think that you have the money. Your husband cheated on you, so fuck him. Why don't we kill him, collect the money, I Pay people will, off. you don't have to see these horrible people who are trying to get to you. I'll do it, and then it'll all be good. Also, the fact that she's like, I know more about your husband than you do. I know he's been having an affair, and I also know that he has, like, a bunch of debt. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. if she didn't know about the affair, she's like, well, what else do I not know about? Yeah, that's true. So, Junko, Miyuki, and Kazuko all conspired to kill... Kazuko's husband, E.G. Hirata, they crushed sleeping pills and put them into the beer that Kazuko gave him when he came home. Mm-hmm. Once E.G. was passed out, Junko and Miyuki came over and injected air into his veins oh using a syringe in hopes that his death would be ruled a heart attack. That is so scary it that, was. that you could just like literally have an empty syringe of like no poison, no whatever, and just get it in a bloodstream, put some air yeah. in there, and your curtains... That's well, you're not curtains. You. It's curtains. That's it's right. Curtains for you. <laughs> you're drapery. So, <laughs> that's so insulting. <laughs> like, harshest insults. <laughs> you're curtains. And you're a duvet. Oh. <laughs> you're a sham. A We're gonna start sham. using linen speak as <laughs> as uh, insults. Yeah, that's right. You're a fitted sheet. <gasps> How Deal with it. dare you call me a fitted sheet? You okay. pillow sham. <laughs> <laughs> Kazuko received 35 million yen, or about $350,000, for wow. the insurance money. Hold and on. obviously, Junko kept it for herself. And Damn. they all got away with murder. Damn. That's a lot Since of money for back then. Yeah. Well, life insurance, you know, if I don't know what their situation is, yeah. but it's like based off of earning potential right. and all that, I think. So, yeah. So then because they were so successful during their first murder, as often happens, Junko decided to try her luck a second time. This time she targeted the husband of Hitomi. Hitomi's husband had been introduced to Hitomi by Junko, so she knew him well. She was like, I know a guy for you, and then got them together. And then she was like, he's no good. We should just kill him. Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. Well, she told she told Hitomi that because of her husband's infidelity, the woman he cheated with killed herself. And the family was so upset, they demanded money from Hitomi. Well, thanks, Junko, for picking out a man for me that you knowingly is a cheater and... Uh, whose affair partner killed themselves and now their family wants money, which that doesn't make any sense, but go on. Well, this just goes to show like how much these women trusted Junko. Yeah, she must have been... Purely based off of her word. She must have been some kind of manipulator. She was. So she convinced Hitomi to kill her husband for the insurance money to be able to pay the family for their grief. Mm-hmm. Junko set it up so Hitomi invited her ex-husband over for dinner. She made him curry, which had sleeping pills crushed into it. 
Ugh. Once he fell asleep, she called the other three, Junko, Miyuki, and Kazuko, and they inserted a tube into his throat and poured oh. one and a half <gasps> bottles of whiskey directly into his stomach. <clears throat> Junko then injected air into his body and waited for his heart to stop. Wow, she that's... then told Hitomi to call the police and tell them that her husband had collapsed drunk. That's pretty elaborate. I mean, the pouring the alcohol down this time. And... Well, look, they got away with it the first time by just doing the air injection thing. Yeah. But then they were like, you know, Ramping we got to make up. this even more believable this time. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. His, well, the other part of it is the Kazuko's husband had been out drinking, presumably, and so he was probably already pretty drunk when he got home. And then she gave him the extra beer with the sleeping pills. Mm. This one, he just came over to talk about their kid. So I don't think he was drunk. He maybe had like a drink at dinner. So they were like, oh, we need to make him look like he was right. drunk okay. because then you're going to say he collapsed drunk. So he right. needs to look like he was fucking he was wasted. Drunk on curry. That's like a lot of fucking whiskey. <laughs> that is a lot of whiskey. Just, I, yeah. yeah. Like, who's going to drink one and a half bottles of whiskey at, I mean, like, dinner? Must have been real thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> so his death was said to be from complications of pneumonia. And once again, the four women had gotten away with murder. Wow. The insurance company paid about 32 million yen or $320,000 in death benefits to Hitomi. Which Junko took his payment to, sorry, I keep hitting the mic, took his payment to the family of the woman that killed herself. But actually, if you haven't guessed. There was no woman that killed herself and Junko took the money? Junko took the money. Yeah. She also took a lump of Hitomi's retirement allowance that she got from the government. I don't like that you said lump, but yeah, that's bad. A lump sum. Ugh. <laughs> okay, she took a bunch of Hitomi's <laughs> retirement. She took wow. hella retirement. retirement money from him. So she was like, oh, this insurance isn't going to cover it. I also need your retirement money. Oh, my God. Yeah. But as usually happens, Junko got greedy. She wanted more. Oh, yeah. So this is when she orchestrated the murder of Miyuki's mother. Ugh. Without Miyuki knowing, Junko oh, no. said, sent Hitomi over to her mother's house posing as a detective. This is where she was attacked, but somehow escaped. And because of the failed attempt, Junko was furious and demanded <gasps> 3 million yen or $30,000 as a fine for failing to kill the mother from Hitomi. <laughs> She was like, bitch, you fucked up. You owe me money. Like, what? She's like, look, you didn't follow through with the plan, so you You let an 82-year-old woman escape (sighs) after being injected with insulin. You can just wait a little bit. If you don't need insulin, it's definitely a really good way to, like, murder someone. And not be discovered because your body naturally makes it and stuff, so it's and metabolizes it really quickly. Yeah, so it's not something that they look for or would be able to discover. Not giving advice or anything. Oh no, erase that. Here's the thing, though: insulin is so expensive these days. Like even people who need it can't even afford it, which is fucked up. 
So. Well, I mean, if you're going around killing people and making $35,000 a hit, you know, or $350,000 a hit, you know, you could buy a couple, a couple little vials, I think. I just feel like if you're buying it for murder, you might as well give it to someone who needs well, it. Well, she probably like charged. Save a life. She probably like charged the other women. Like, look, I have to buy this insulin. So you owe me money for the insulin that I'm buying to murder your mom. So like. Well, also, this is Japan. I don't know how much they charge for insulin. I think that maybe that's a very I, United States issue. Where we don't like to give people that need medicine medicine because we are yeah. a very capitalist and you have to prove that you make six figures in order to like survive in the world. Yeah, and you have to spend like literally all your money in order to survive. Like let's put a cap on insulin prices, right? Actually, people should get insulin for free. It's not like they chose we to should have get diabetes. Healthcare for free. We should agree. Put a cap on all the, these greedy ass bastards charging out the asshole for medicine, life-saving medicine life-saving because medicine they want be money in their pockets. Fucking More greedy, money. greedy capitalist actually, society. They already got paid a shit ton of money of taxpayer money yeah. to invent or discover or whatever this medicine and now they want to charge us more money and And like you already got fucking paid and then it's not like they pay in taxes anyway so they're making billions and billions and we're suffering and dying hooray back to japan (laughs) so this is when the whole story started to unravel because (laughs) hitomi was like like what the fuck you already took like all my money you already took my allowance and now you want me to pay you even more money and you're like threatening my life and i'm terrified and i'm gonna go to the police because that's my only option right now so let's talk about how this all came to be junko yoshida was born in 1959 in fukuoka japan her father was part of the japanese self-defense force but quit and started a car repair shop Okay. His business failed. Oh. So Junko's mother was originally a housewife, but then to make ends meet, she ended up doing odd jobs mm. and housekeeping around the city where they lived. Mm-hmm. Junko had a younger brother who was good at sports, which I don't really. <laughs> I like that's gay just one thing. Like he uh, sports. Yeah, I remember he uh, played with balls. He was so. a sportser. He was a so. sportser. Good job. Yeah. Okay, so the family was living in poverty and they're having a really hard time to make ends meet. Junko's father was also abusive, Uh, often physically and verbally to the family. And Junko's mother was also verbally abusive towards her. So I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing that like during the hardest times when they, when money and resources were scarce, he was probably the most violent. So to her, she has to like constantly, be, you know, like, um, what's it called? People are, like, resource-deprived or whatever, so they feel the need to, like, hoard things because they're afraid that it'll go away and, like... Yeah, I mean, that's, like, a trauma for yeah, sure. Living, yeah. growing up in poverty is definitely very traumatic right. and changes your brain chemistry. Right. Uh, so, despite this, Junko was really intelligent and she did well at school. Didn't mention if she was a sportser or not. So oh, I'm well. <laughs> but Junko did say that when she was a child, she started to become obsessed with money and yeah. found nothing wrong with lying as a part of her everyday life at home and at school. Yeah, because if you don't have the money, then you're, yeah, you have that trauma response of like the fear and the anxiety that goes with like, 
being without resources and probably having oh. your parents be abusive because of it. Yeah. So in high school, she told all of her friends and classmates that she had gotten pregnant and needed money for an abortion. Uh-oh. So she did a little bit of crowdfunding and was able to <laughs> get did, students to... She did a GoFundMe for... <laughs> she did. She did like OG GoFundMe. I need my abortion. Give me some money. I mean, I don't think... So yeah. these students were amazing and they actually gave her money. That's so awesome. So that she could have this abortion, which great. Mm-hmm. But those should also be free. Another story. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But this is Japan. We're not talking about the U.S. So, <laughs> uh, da, da. so actually, though, she obviously, you know, wasn't pregnant, didn't need an abortion, was just keeping the money for herself. She had like Pretty never elaborate. Even, scheme. She'd never even been with a dude. <laughs> She's just like it's a miracle. <laughs> but I need to get it She's out. Like my boyfriend in Canada got me pregnant <laughs> over the internet. So no, I'm just kidding. This isn't even the right timing. Over snail mail. <laughs> <laughs> my pen pal in Canada. <laughs> So she tried to spread that story again Uh-oh. in her last year of high school, but her classmates were like, no, fuck you. No, we know that you're lying. <laughs> so she's like going around like, I need an abortion. I got pregnant. Give me money. Give me money. And they're like, no. So the school actually caught on and she was oh. suspended for two months. They're like, stop trying to fleece your fellow students. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Throughout her high school career, Junko would tell many stories kind of like this uh, about her life. She said that she was dating popular boys from the baseball team or tennis teams of other schools. Ah, so she wasn't a sportser herself, but she was a sportser by proxy. Yeah, I love how she's (laughs) like, oh, I'm like dating the most popular guy at school. Um, You don't know him. He's at a different school. Yeah. But he's like super popular and he's like a tennis star. He's super hot. He's well sought after. All the all the colleges want him to be on their team. Until he got me pregnant and I needed an abortion. And then I moved on to the most popular boy of the baseball team Mm -hmm, at a different school. mm -hmm. (laughs) So after high school, Junko enrolled at St. Mary's Nursing School in 1979. Huh. During elementary, junior, and high school... Junko went to school with Miyuki. Oh, okay. Miyuki and Junko weren't friends like throughout school, uh-huh. but in nursing school, they got really close. Right. So they both like, ended up going to nursing school. Like together. familiar with each other, and then you kind of, you're yeah. in like an intensive program, so you kind of bond. I feel like that happens. Like yeah. with people. Yeah. You're not super close to, but then you go to like, I mean, I don't have this experience because it's didn't happen to me but if you go to college together it seems like they like link up well I didn't go to college with anyone I knew but well yeah I mean like because if you're in elementary school and high school assuming that your class is big enough that like you know of each other maybe you're like acquaintances but you never had like a reason to really like sit down and become good friends with someone because you had your own friend groups and then right they move away or whatever happens and you go to college and you're with this person that's familiar, so you're like, well, that's comfortable because you're familiar and I know you, like, I've seen you growing up. Right. Now we can have time to get to know each other. Yeah. So, unfortunately, though, Uh (laughs) this wasn't, like, a balanced friendship. Right. 
Junko soon realized that she was really able to control and take money from Miyuki. Oh, wasn't that So she kind of like targeted her. (laughs) So at nursing school, Junko also befriended Kazuko and Hitomi. Oh, okay. So all these nurses were in training and started a friendship that they continued until graduation. Eventually, so they like all went to school, they became really close, all graduated, became nurses, and then kind of went out into the world mm-hmm. on their own. But eventually, Junko reached out to them years later and then kind of sucked them back in. Right. Although, okay, so they graduated, and then in 1981, Junko married an older man and had three children. Well, here's the other thing if they're all nurses, they probably have access to insulin and stuff. Well, and they knew how to get away with murder. Right. They're very medically intelligent mm-hmm. individuals. So Junko was drawn to this older man because his grandmother was very wealthy Ugh. and he was in line to get her inheritance. He had that sexy, sexy money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really gets her going. Yeah, and also he was... Uh, subjected to her manipulations Mm -hmm. so he was like prime mark Mm -hmm. in 1990 the grandmother passed away and as expected left him with the inheritance so he inherited like a bunch of land and junko racked up a huge amount of debt she got a lump of debt ew (laughs) She was borrowing against the land. Oh, no. Yikes. (laughs) Two years later, she left her husband and took a big chunk of his inheritance with her. She also moved into a luxury condo with her three daughters that her husband was paying for. Wow. Her ex-husband. Yeah. So she's like, I'm taking your money, I'm taking your land, and you're going to put me up into a luxury condo with our children. Goodbye. I mean, mm, yep, you can see that coming a mile away. (laughs) So then, I'm not sure if she was, like, working this whole time, but at some point she did get a job at a hospital working as a nurse, and while she was working, she was obviously lying about things. Uh So she made up a fake underworld of gangsters and political operatives (laughs) to scare people into giving her money. I mean, she is creative. She she would be like, she'd be like, look, I need money. She'd like go up to a colleague and be like, I need money. Uh, I need it to pay the underworld leader so he won't cause trouble in our lives. So she'd be like, oh, it's okay. I'll be the middleman. I know these people. I can get them the money. They just need like a lot of money. You know what that's kind of like? What? Religion. Like, I'm the priest. I'm the middleman of talking to God. Look, you just give me God some money. a lot of money. You just give me some money and I will talk to the man upstairs and he will for sure secure you a place in the clouds where you can live with your family when you die. Yeah, or whatever. God has expensive taste. Whatever your religion is. He wants me to have six private jets. He wants me to have three mansions. Yeah. And he really wants me to wear, like, Armani suits. Look, I didn't choose this life. He chose me, and I'm just telling you. I'm just following the calling. He really likes airplanes and gold, 
And, and let me tell you, God is like calling all the fucking time. I could not get that bitch off the that phone. That bitch is always <laughs> blowing up my phone, asking for money, asking for jets. It's insane. So if you could just help me out, then he won't go after you. He'll just come to me and then I will save you. Like what mental gymnastics do you have to accomplish to convince people who are apparently followers of Jesus, this broke ass dude wearing sandals, hanging out with sex workers, like who literally said, money. get rid of all your shit and like, yeah, live, take care in, of one another, live in poverty and take care of your fellow man, hang out with the impoverished people, mm-hmm. help them, nope. lift them up. So going from this, following this mm-hmm. being like, it doesn't matter if you have different beliefs from other people, love them and treat them well. Well, because you know why, like, it's because he sacrificed himself so that you can live on a pile of gold. <laughs> I just like, what? The whole How? thing is mental gymnastics. It's all gymnastics. It's all cra- <laughs> It's like, okay, yeah, let's not take his teachings. Let's live by like these barbaric rules about yep. like women shouldn't have any power. Men should have all the power and wealth is like God. Yep. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I'm not. So, I mean, I'm, all I'm saying is. Her logic and her the way that she's getting people to follow her is not very far off, and so I can believe that people would believe it. I mean, yeah, she's a bit culty, right? Yeah. She's like a, a great cult leader. Sure. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> Glad she's doing well for herself since she didn't exceed in, excel in sportsing. So at least there's right. other outlets. That's nice. Well, she was dating the sports, the top That's sportsers true. of other schools. That's true. So. And I mean, she was impregnated by them. So she got like a little bit of their sportsing uh, essence. Well, yeah, but then she had to like. <laughs> get that, get that, that out of there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, she was like the middleman between the underworld. <laughs> and she's like, look, these people are going to fuck up our lives. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I'm like talking to them. I just need some money. Mm-hmm. She was able to steal millions of yen doing this scam, Shit. which is thousands of US dollars. So, yeah, she got people to like buy in. Okay. <laughs> she also got Miyuki, her friend, since, well, her acquaintance since mm. elementary school to live in the same luxury condo as she did. And she also made her like take care of her children what? without paying her anything. She, she moving into a luxury condo on a nurse's salary. Yeah. And having to take care of this bitch's kids. Yeah, I don't know how, but she how also, she was affording it. I but, heard the yeah. funny. I know you. I heard the funniest term for children the other day. What? Crotch goblins. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before. <laughs> Not all of them. Some are like tummy goblins. Yeah, but what about you know. uterus goblins. Yeah, they they're little goblins. <laughs> they're goblins. They will take and take and take. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, someone's staying. So you, you can hear like everything in the house, like up the street, like right. everything. And there was a kid yesterday who was having a hard day and was some throwing some like real amazing tantrums. <laughs> It's like, oh, I remember those yep. days. I could throw a real tantrum. Oh, yeah, I'm sure people thought that I wanted we were being murdered as children. Just yeah, screaming. Yeah, mom would always be like, stop it. People are going to think I'm abusing you. And you'd be like, 
<laughs> you are. You won't. I think that. I don't care. You didn't do this thing that I wanted. Ah! You're trying to comb my hair. Ah! <laughs> it is abuse when your hair is not combable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel for you, Mom, because I'm trying to comb this thing out, and it's like <laughs> insane. <laughs> Shit. So, okay, so Miyuki is, like, basically enslaved by this woman. Mm-hmm. And she, Miyuki had troubles in relationships. And she, at, the article said she's quite weak, which I don't love that they said like, that. like, she's frail? I think she's, like, vulnerable. Okay. Because she's, like, having troubles in relationships and sometimes... People take that on as, like, saying something about them and their self-worth and all of that, you know, even though it doesn't. Guys. Well, and she's got this other bitch in her ear being like, yeah. um, there's some, like, bad guys out there that you got to pay me and also, like, watch my kids and also I'm going to man- yeah. manipulate you into believing my bullshit. Well, yeah. I mean, who like, who knows what was happening if she was, like, in a relationship and the person was like, hey, let's hang out. And she's like, oh, I can't. I have to watch this other woman's children. Mm-hmm. For days, and I'm not getting paid or any kind of compensation. <laughs> yeah. So Junko really took advantage of Miyuki and was able to control and manipulate her and was also able to get her to believe anything <laughs> that she told her. <laughs> she even started a homosexual relationship with Miyuki, which I don't oh. really love this either. I don't think that it was really like a relationship it was more of a manipulationship yeah oh that's oh, good I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of them identified as being gay mm-hmm. so obviously it was not so much thing. a homosexual relationship as like rape and yeah a control over situation yeah some of the reasons that she told Miyuki that she should have sex with her Junko Uh included reasons like having lesbian sex creates a smarter child. Uh, Having lesbian sex creates zero children. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, here's here's how it works. It enables. Please enlighten me. I will. This is this is science. Okay. Okay. You know. Okay. It uh, enables amniotic fluid to to become moisturizing uh, we feel like fluids already yeah like i think that's right? in the title so it it moisturizes amniotic fluid in the womb which increases intelligence in the fetus and in the woman too uh well so we, everyone's getting smarter but the problem is we all know that you that 70 is the prime time to have birth to give birth Yes. To have birth. To have birth. <laughs> have birth occur in your body as if there's like nothing you don't have control over it. Okay. Okay. So you get so, this wet amniotic fluid. Well, going. here's the thing. Like living like until you're seventy, mm-hmm. you just have a lot of lesbian sex. Oh, that okay. way you're priming your body. You're gonna be and so becoming more and full more intelligent. You're, you're going to be a genius. You're going to look pregnant before you're actually pregnant, just full of amniotic fluid. No, no, you're not filling up with fluid. It's just moisturizing that fluid. Oh, it's getting it moist. Means. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's getting real. Oh, real moist in here. Up in your body. Okay. In the womb. 
So. <laughs> okay. And then once all that's happening and you're 70, then you're like super ready to have genius babies. Aha. Yes. Then you just pop out a bunch pop of out. genius just, babies. And it's so wet and slippery in there that just shoot yeah. out like little cannonballs. It just makes the whole process like way easier for everyone involved. Okay. Well, I'm taking notes. So. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> so she convinced. Okay. This is. Fucked up. I'm, I'm not going to say this is where it gets weird. It's already been weird. Yeah. So she convinced Miyuki that. That Miyuki was a man. Okay. And that Junko was pregnant with her child. Oh, oh Don't man. you think Junko, like, okay, if Junko was alive and, like, working, doing these scams during internet and, like, um, what are they called? Chat rooms. Mm-hmm. When the internet was a thing and, like, chat rooms were a thing, just imagine what she could have done, what she could have accomplished. I mean, to be fair... It's not that far-fetched than what a lot of the right-wing nut jobs are saying. Like, stuff that's, like, makes zero sense, but people are like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, like, when you get vaccinated, you shed the vaccine. I mean, you shed um, the virus, and people, if they, like, stay in the same room as you after you leave, can pick up the virus because you've shed it. Well, and you're magnetic, so you got like sh- you're shedding viruses. Magnets are attracted to you. You're, I feel like that'd like, be cool to be magnetic. Is no, like you'd be superpower? stuck to all these things. How many things are magnetic in your house right Anything now? Anything metal. Well, that is like um, what is it called? I was gonna say, depending on the metal. Um, what is that called? Not aluminium. Not aluminium. No. Uh, <laughs> what is it called when they're whatever? I'm not even gonna. I can't even think of words. Um, of a magnetic metal. Yeah, it's like a yeah. word that like says like we're magnets. <laughs> Whatever. Magnetic? No. <laughs> we're magnets. We're magnets, but we're not magnets. We're metal that is sexually attracted to magnets. <laughs> hey, as long as it's consensual. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Please. She. Okay, because she convinced Miyuki that Miyuki was a man, she also forced Miyuki to dress as a man, and Junko was obviously raping her this whole time because yeah, you can't have consensual sex in a power dynamic like this. I mean, I just, how do you convince someone that they're a man when they're not? Because you just break them yeah. down so much and then you build them back to who you want them to be. It's just the human brain is a fascinating place and a terrifying place. Yeah, yeah. Like the things that your brain does in order to protect you sometimes turn out to be really harmful <laughs> in the long run. Right, but in the moment it's protecting you. Yeah, it's doing whatever it can. It's using whatever tools it has at the time. But yeah, it, it gets weird up there. Yikes. So, along with Miyuki, Junko also convinced the other two nurses, Kazuko and Hitomi, to live in the same condo building. Wow. And she enlisted all three women to constantly care for her three daughters. And she also got them to give her money through different scams and lies. Gosh, I mean, wow. This woman is on a power trip. 
She's apparently very convincing. She controlled the bank accounts of oh, all three women. No. And then she would make up stories that would scare them into believing that if she didn't help them manage their money, that they would be harmed. Yeah, I mean... So she just uses a lot of fear to convince them. Yeah, I was going to say that. seems like she's very good at that. And they're, like, they've known her for so long that they just trust her. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, she's just very convincing. She's manipulative. Then... Okay, so she got over 40 million yen or $400,000 using these techniques from from people. Wow. She received fake loans from colleagues and convinced one colleague to give her 90,000 US dollars wow. because of a mistake that she made at work. <gasps> That's Which I feel a like she Big ass mistake. Well, yeah, but I feel like she you like, like, well, I'm going to tell on you. If you don't give me $90,000, I'm going to say that you did this and then you're going to lose your job or you could just give me money yeah. and then you can keep your job and I'll keep quiet. Yeah, something Ooh. like that. She's just really good at instilling fear in other people. And then when you're in a state of fear, you're you're like not making R- well-informed choices yeah. because, you know, you're you're in that, that And if you state. got someone that you, th- you think is that you trust or whatever, and you're like, oh, my God, she's going to help me. Like, I didn't even know I was in this kind of trouble, but she, like, figured it out, and she's, like, all I have yeah. to do is give her this, and she'll make it go away, even though there yeah. is no issue, but you're just like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, you can make a small mistake seem, like, yeah, huge, depending on where you take it. So in April 2002, all four women were arrested for the murders of the two men and the attempted murder uh, and robbery of Miyuki's mother and then for insurance fraud. Mm. In September 2004, Junko Yoshida and the other three women were found guilty and Junko was given the death penalty. Whoa. I mean, yeah, she killed a bunch of people. Her defense team argued that she was not the mastermind of the murders and that she suffered from a personality disorder, which she probably did. Yeah, she probably did. And also, what about all that money that's in her bank account that she conveniently got from all these people? Yeah, how is she the one that that profited? She's the only Uh, one that profited off uh of all these. But, you know, they're lawyers. They got to do what they can do. Of course. They asked the court to sentence her to life in prison, imprisonment, mm. in prison. But they were like, no. The presiding judge, Judge Hiroshi Hamasaki, said that Junko played a far greater role than the accomplices. Mm-hmm. She clearly manipulated her accomplices with clever lies, and therefore the court must mete out capital punishment. And her, her accomplices are also her victims. Yes, 100%. In May 2006, the high court upheld her death sentence. Both Hitomi and Miyuki confessed to the killings as well. And Miyuki received life in prison, probably life in prison as well. (laughs) Well, the sentence for Hitomi got... So Hitomi got 17 years in prison because she's the one who brought this whole case to light. Without her, they would have no idea what was happening. Right. So she got a plea deal. And Kazuko died of cancer before her ruling was handed down. Oh, damn. 
So after her appeal was dismissed on March 25th, 2016, the death penalty of Junko Yoshida, who was 56 years old at the time, was executed. I believe she was hanged. Wow. Why do they say hanged and not hung? I don't get it. But anyway. Um, and why do they say pleaded instead of pled? The English language makes zero sense to anyone. I don't get it. But anyway, she was killed. Dang. In 2016. And that is the story of Junko Yoshida. Wow. And Hitomi and Miyuki and Kazuko. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. The tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. The tossed salad. And the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right, so the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus, they're disorganized. Well, I think the other three women are were complete victims. Yes. To her manipulation and... Yes. Um, I think that Junko... Hmm... I think I mean I'm sure that she did have a personality disorder yeah. but that's like kind of the thing where be, if personality disorders don't mean you don't understand right from wrong or that you're not or that yeah necessarily that you're going to be someone that commits crime like a lot of times yeah. people with personality disorders or mental illnesses are the victims in a lot of cases well and um, she was a victim like where did she learn this manipulation yeah. well Probably obviously from like her father yeah obviously growing up she was being abused and her resources were not plentiful so she felt like some kind of way where she had to accumulate all these resources in any way she could and she just didn't like see people as people they were just more means to get more resources so right. i think Definitely a tossed salad. Definitely some egg components. Yeah, I think she was a tossed salad. I feel like... Would you say a Cobb salad? I might say a Cobb salad. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's just like people who are pathological liars from a young age. Uh, yeah, I think the I difference feel is like... like I feel it'd like be great to have someone intervene, but you can't... Like, if you're a pathological liar, wouldn't you just lie to your therapist? Yeah. Definitely. Like, what do you do? No, I definitely think that, like, she's more tossed salad because it didn't seem like she did things not knowing what the consequence was. Like, her and, like, what she was trying to get to at the end was money every time. So she knew. Well, she was 100% a predator. Yeah, so she knew every, all these different ways to manipulate every everyone to get the money that she wanted. Yeah. And she was able to clearly lay all these out year after year and commit all these different atrocities year after year. So I think she knew what she was doing. 
Well, and she planned them in order to get away with it. Right? She might not like, have, in her mind, like felt empathy or felt that it was necessarily wrong because she's just trying to get hers. And right. so to her, it was just like a necessity. Like this is, it's basically like a job. Like this is how I get paid. This is how I get money to survive. And I wonder what, how, like how her three children are now and like what's yeah, going on with that. Like how they were to raised. have a mother like that, Yeah. I know. That's insanity. Yeah. And yeah, so I kind of picked it because it's a little bit like a Black Widow in a way. And I know that mom loves a Black Widow. <laughs> mom loves a Black Widow. Look I don't out, love Dad. a Black Widow, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little late in the game. They've already like, well, I guess she hasn't uh, done away with him yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of Black Widows, it's, you know, for money and I guess... He, unless he has like a secret stash somewhere, I don't know that. Uh, I Who don't, knows? I don't. He could he, be like a dragon sitting on his gold pile, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He's always afraid of going broke, though, so who knows? Well, with the amount of shoes he buys every week, it's like, I mean, come on. How do you <laughs> Look, expect? Look, they're like $5 at Costco. <laughs> it was a buy one, get up. one free. <laughs> And he's always got a new pair of shoes. Like, these are so uncomfortable. It's like, why are you still wearing them then? Because he paid for them, so he's going to wear them. He wears his stigmata shoes still, but with socks. Those slides, they're like so (laughs) fucking ridiculous. He has them like stretched. They're like flapping. The like Velcro flap is like flapping in the wind. Yep. His feet are so narrow. (laughs) He needs to buy like custom made shoes. No, he finds some that sometimes work. Oh, so insane. <laughs> Stigmata shoes. I think he likes it. Maybe it makes him feel more Christ-like. It does. Closer to Jesus with his weird <laughs> holes in his feet. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Birkenstocks are so uncomfortable, and yet he'll wear those Adidas that, like, burn holes in his feet. <laughs> like, Okay. Sure. Well, he'd rather be closer to Christ than hippies. So, mm. even though mm-hmm. Jesus was a hippie, if he was Jesus real at all. was the OG hippie. Mm-hmm. Let's all be hippies, right? Let's all be hippies. Hang out with our gay friends and our sex worker friends, and let's accept everyone. And you know where they are for who they are. Let's get to learning how to turn water into wine and have a big old party. Let's just party all the time. Oh, wait. We can't party anymore because of the virus. Let's party in our own home. Then that gets a little, you know, ooh. Ooh, You're like partying by yourself a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think it's called partying when you're just drinking (laughs) gallons of wine by yourself. That is an issue. Issue. Although unless unless you're just just, practicing, if you're practicing turning water into wine, you got to taste it to make sure it's good, you know, before you do it at a party. If you're practicing turning water into wine, then you're just going to be super hydrated <laughs> by, like, tasting your water. If any of you have figured out how to turn water into wine, please contact us at crimeanypodcast at gmail.com no, and let us know no. how it's going. We need to be turning wine back into water. We're in a severe drought right now. Looking at you, <laughs> all you vineyards, like, stop fucking using water. We need it for other things, uh, like drinking. True. Anyway... Anyway, this has gotten real 
Look, I'm in a mood today, so. It's so dry and hot and smoky and virusy out there. We're living in like terrifying times. Our whole lives have been like one terrifying thing after another. Have you seen the amount of big ass cockroaches that are now in Sacramento? (gasps) No. It's the plague, man. What the fuck? All the biblical end times things are happening. Well, I remember when we had like that swarm of crickets and no one seems to remember <laughs> in school and we were at Catholic school and I was like, oh my God, wasn't this it's one of the happening. plagues that God sent <laughs> to Egypt? Like, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> we're all going to die. Well, you know what you did wrong is you didn't give the, the priest enough money. So yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah. That priest and our poor old... You weren't giving God enough money. He needed more jewels and gold. Well, yeah. I mean, our parish didn't have a jet, so. Not that we knew of. But that time that bishop came to visit our school and he was like, I don't remember what kind of car he had, but he was like bragging about his car. And I was like, look, you're like a pedophile. We're children. Why do we care what car you drive? We like literally don't even know what cars, like brands of cars are. I mean, probably was a pedophile, like trying to seduce you. No, he was super creepy. He was for sure a pedophile. Yep. Mm-hmm. He had, like, really creepy vibes. Ew. They all do. Yeah. yeah, to the point where I was like, I know that I'm the religious coordinator, which is funny oh. on its own, <laughs> but I need, like, the president to come with me because there's more security in having two children yeah. escort this guy around than just <laughs> Ew. So let's Yikes. get, like, more people involved here. Wow. Dude was creepy as fuck. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. That's my story. Well, that's, I was going to say fun, but not. That was not fun at all. It was really sad and tragic and. Yeah. Those (sighs) poor people that were just murdered because of greed. And the poor women who are like manipulated and abused by this one. It's just like how much harm can one person cause, you know? To all these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all like systemic. Because mm-hmm. she learned it from somewhere. Yep. Let's all like stop with the violence. Let's end violence. Let's take care of each other. <laughs> it's all it's all coming from like deeply rooted racism and oppression and capitalism. Sexism and misogyny. Sexism. And all the isms. All the isms and all Let's the, just knock it off. Let's just stop. Get our Birkenstocks on. Drink I'm some done wine. Playing, you guys. This isn't fun it. anymore. <laughs> I'm calling a timeout. This yeah, sucks. timeout. This this is terrible. It's time to readjust the rules. If only we could. You remember when like we're kids and you play and then you don't like how the rules are going and you're like, time out. Like this isn't fun anymore. I'm changing the rules <laughs> now. Base is like over there. Mm, yes. Always changing home base. Uh, well, if only people weren't so selfish. Yeah, we're all human beings, everyone. Yep. All right, well, I'm going to tell you my story. Speaking of human beings. Speaking of selfish human beings. Okay. I got my information from Wikipedia, Investigation Discovery, CNN, and New York Times. I, like, don't even remember your story, so this is great. (laughs) Excellent. Well, you will as soon as I say (laughs) that I'm going to tell you about the Hart family. Oh, yeah, this sucks. Okay, I don't want to listen to this again. Well, open your ears because here we go. Okay. 
Jennifer Jean Hart and Sarah Margaret Hart were both from South Dakota. Although some sources say that Sarah was from Minnesota. Minnesota, South Dakota. (laughs) Both women were the eldest children in their families. And the two women met while attending Northern State University. I believe you always got to look out for those oldest children. Oh, how dare you? You take that back. <laughs> take it back. You guys are kind of weird. Well, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be an oldest. I would be an only, and then I wouldn't be weird. Well, I'd be weird. Okay, never mind. You'd be weird in a whole other way. <laughs> okay, well... So both the women attended school at this university, and that's where they met and fell in love. In North Dakota? In North Dakota, where they had their lesbian love to get their amniotic fluids flowing, you know? Oh, they're going to have, like, (laughs) genius children and be geniuses themselves. If only. That's how it really happened. What year is this? Uh, well... Sarah graduated in 2002, so I'm assuming, you know, probably starting... I'm surprised that they were even able to have a relationship in North Dakota. I don't think that they were very open about it. Oh, they were like roommates? We're roommates, yeah. (laughs) We're roommates that are just just helping each other with our amniotic fluid moisture. Yes. 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 It's important because, yeah, for when we get married to men and have smart children. Right? I mean, we all know that the only purpose of a woman is to pump out babies. So crotch goblins. You gotta get the womb goblins. You gotta get them womb raiders. Intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> womb invaders. Womb invaders. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like I said, Sarah graduated in 2002, and then Jennifer left the university at the same time, but she did not graduate. And they were both going to oh. school for elementary education, and then oh. and Sarah focused on special education. So she got her degree. Jennifer didn't. They both left. Wow. The couple faced ostracism from their community when they publicly yes. came out as a couple. Okay, that makes sense. And Jennifer I mean, it doesn't, but it does. Yeah, Jennifer later said that they lost a lot of friends and that the Midwestern mm-hmm. mindset was relentlessly unforgiving and unaccepting. And that, uh, yeah, because yeah, even, I mean, early 2000s, so gay marriage wasn't even legal. So, that is so crazy to think about. That's yeah. like not even that long ago. Nope. Like what the fuck? Why is it even a question of whether or not it's legal? Okay, I'm sorry. Because of like, religion and ignorance. Uh, well, we all know that Jesus hates the gays. Yeah, even so. though he was like obviously gay himself and had 12 fucking men following him around. He had a lot of dudes. I mean, come on. The, the orgies must have been insane. Turning water into what? wine, I was wearing their say. gowns, like living in caves or whatever they were doing. Like party time. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh. So because of the close-mindedness of people, they had to move. And they found a place in Alexandria, Minnesota in 2004. Minnesota was Minnesota. more accepting than North Dakota. Apparently, but not by much. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm guessing because like in North Dakota, they knew they had f- friends and family that kind of were like, "No, we're not accepting." So then they just moved somewhere like anywhere else to like get out, and then 
you know, people in, okay. in Minnesota maybe didn't know that they were together or whatever. So less right. pressure. Be ro- roommates again. Roommates. Roommates. Wink, wink. wink. <laughs> so Jennifer was recognized as the dominant person in the relationship. She was a woman with a big personality who liked to be in control and wasn't afraid to let her voice be heard. Red and, flag. Not yeah. about the being outspoken part. All women should be outspoken. If you have something to say, say it. But the controlling part. Yeah. And Sarah was seen as the sensitive, passive partner. In 2005, Sarah legally changed her last name to Jennifer's last name, which was Hart. Obviously to match her partner because they weren't allowed to get married, but she wanted, but they wanted to ha- to feel like, you know, they were partners. Yeah. They both got jobs at a department store, a department store called Herberger's. Or Herbergers? Herbergers. Herbergers. The lesbian burger shack. (laughs) Herbergers. Would it be Herbergers? El Belgals. Oh, is it French? Could be. Well, in Minnesota, their French department store. Herbergers. (laughs) How'd you even say that? Herbergers. Oh, no. That's not Minnesota. Minnesota Herbergers. (laughs) It's <laughs> hard. I don't think that Herbergers is, you could say it like that. Whatever. So they're at Herbergers, and the two women decided that they were, they wanted to become parents. So they started fostering, and they, at this point, fostered a 15 year old girl. And I think they had her for like, I don't know, like six months, and they like told her that, um, that they were going to adopt her and that she was going to be a big sister and they were going to get other children and all that stuff. But one day they took her to her therapy appointment that she had like every week or whatever and they just never returned to get her. What the fuck? Yeah. How, like, what? I don't know. So they abandoned her and then a short time later, like a month later after abandoning her, they adopted their first children. So in 2006, they adopted three children at once. So I think they were wow. natural siblings, like biological how, siblings. How did they get approved for adoption? I don't know. Um, also, working at Herbergers? Herbergers. How are you, <laughs> you going to afford th- adopting three children? Well, they... They adopted somehow. They adopted through Texas, which you would assume wouldn't let lesbians have children. But they one hundred percent no. They somehow got children th- from Texas, and Texas, uh, whatever the county that they got them from, paid like they paid them money, so they were able to get money every month for these children. The Texans were like, oh, you know, down here, Jennifer is a woman's name. <laughs> That's so weird in Minnesota. It'd be different. Different, different places. <laughs> so They uh, got money they got for adopting children. Three children, and Jennifer became a stay-at-home mom. They got Abigail, Hannah, and Marcus. And they were all adopted. The adop- dominant one is a stay-at-home. Yes. 
How the are they affording who, this life? The one who didn't finish college and the dominant one is staying at home to be a mother. They adopted all th- these three children from Colorado County, Texas. And Crazy. in 2008, the couple went to Connecticut to be legally married because it was legal in Connecticut. Also, Way to go, Connecticut. Also in 2008, the couple welcomed three more children into their home. Gee whiz. Yeah, these children were also... How many also, years apart? Uh, from when they adopted the first ones? Yeah. Uh, two. So in 2006, they adopted three, and then 2008, they adopted three more. How are you going to go from no kids to, to three kids to, to six, six kids, kids all within like that short of a span? Yeah, I don't know. So these these three children were named Sierra, Devante, and Jeremiah... All three were biological siblings that came from, from Houston, Texas, after Texas their again. yeah after their bio mom lost custody due to substance abuse problems. Aww. The three children were originally placed in the custody of their paternal aunt Priscilla, under the condition that the kids would have no contact with their biological mom, and Yikes. that was going fine for months, and then one day. Aunt Priscilla had like an unexpected shift at work and she didn't have anywhere to take the kids. So she let their mom watch them at her house for the day. And somehow a caseworker found out about this and the children were removed from Priscilla's custody and put in foster care. That is fucking tragic. It's fucked up. Like they, their family wanted them and the mom had substance abuse issues. So they didn't even give her a chance to get clean. Or to give her, like, well, supervised and, visits or anything. Well, who knows? I mean, Texas, obviously, shit's, like, so fucked there. But, like, I feel like here, if if they're, if the parent is deemed, like, unsafe because mm-hmm. of things like substance abuse, then usually they have, like, at least supervised visits right. with their children. Or right. if they're trying to, like, get, they have, like, an opportunity to get their ch- child back by, well, like, you would going to keep, rehab. Yeah, and, I mean, the goal is to keep the children in the family if it's possible. Especially if the if there are safe people in the family mm-hmm. who want them mm-hmm. and who are able to care for them, so they rip these children mm-hmm. away from their aunt, so, yep, and shipped them off to fucking Minnesota, yep. So they have no resources, no family connection. Well, I mean, at least Texas they were all adopted together. Like, Texas must have lenient like adoption rules if they if this Something's couple going is going on. all the way to Texas yeah. to get these kids, and clearly they're just like taking children from their families like willy nilly. And it could be the thing too where it's like, well, we ideally want to keep all three kids together. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't want to adopt three kids at once. So if they're like, well, you're you're the only sure. family that's willing to take all three of them together. Sure, have them. Yeah, but can't like. I, I mean, I don't agree with it. It's so fucked up. Much yeah. That the aunt did what she had to do. Yeah. And then they just immediately take the kids away. Yeah. It was no like, there was no like probationary period or like, uh, you know, something like, I, I don't even know. And Unless like one of the kids was like harmed. Yeah. You know, while the aunt was away. Like, I understand taking them, putting them into like foster care in texas until the aunt can like prove i just mm-hmm. uh-uh. like if she was taking care of them and she needed to work to take care of them yeah yeah uh, i hate this yep. okay. 
So the couple and the six kids, they moved quite a bit in a short time. They went from Minnesota to Oregon to an unincorporated area near Was- Woodland, Washington. Um, oh. Yeah. In Washington, Sarah became a manager at a Kohl's store. Okay. And Jennifer stayed home with their six children. How are you going to afford that? Well, the Hearts received funding for the children, which accounted for 50% of the family's income. Like enough? Apparently. Well, I mean, who knows what enough is? I'm like so stressed for this family. Yeah, they're getting, she's getting, one parent is getting paid retail wage, which is like probably minimum wage. And it's like a Kohl's. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not getting much money, and then you're getting... I just don't feel like you're getting a lot. No. The couple seemingly dedicated their lives to raising the six children in a socially conscious atmosphere that focused on love and acceptance. I like how you said seemingly. Well, yeah. (laughs) Friends referred to them as the heart tribe because of their seemingly tight bond. How about the heart family because they're a family? Yeah. Jennifer and Sarah began distancing themselves from their families, even though their families apparently, like, according to their families now, were like, we had zero problem with their sexual orientation. They just, like, distanced themselves from us. Red flag. Yep. The families believed that they were cut out because they had some issues with the way the women were parenting the children. Mm. Red flag. Mm. Red flag. (laughs) Jennifer was really active on Facebook, red flag, (laughs) (laughs) posting tons of pictures of her family, projecting an image of a loving, happy family, and sharing her views on race, politics, and like posting videos and pictures of their family trips and outings. Um, Now I have to say, just to give you a bigger picture, Sarah and Jennifer were both white women. Very mm-hmm. white women. And the all six children that they adopted were black. So okay. the only reason that I bring it up is because it seems like they were kind of projecting this image that they were like, these wonderful white saviors taking in these neglected mm-hmm. black children. And like, look at us. We're saving these poor babies. When who in reality, like three children had, had a family, family that wanted, who them. wanted them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sarah and Jennifer paraded the children around at festivals and protests and events, always making sure that the children had smiles on their faces and that they were perceived as a big, well-adjusted, happy family. Throughout the years, there were allegations of child abuse, which is most likely the real reason that the family moved around so often and not that they were being ostracized for them being a mixed-race family and led by lesbians. Led by <laughs> led by the moist amniotic fluid lesbians. <laughs> okay. So in two thousand eight, in two thousand eight, when they were still living in Minnesota, a teacher observed bruising on Hannah's left arm. Oh God! Hannah told the teacher that Jennifer had hit her with a belt. Oh God. And then within months of this accusation, all the children were immediately taken out of school 
and they were taken out of the school system for a full year. Red Do we flag. know if the teacher reported that abuse? I'm sure she did, because that's okay. why we know of it. In, right, because you have to. That is yeah. so awful. In 2010, Abigail, one of the younger one, girls, said that she had owies on her back and stomach, stating that Jennifer and Sarah had beaten her and held her head under cold water. Oh, my God. Over a penny. That's right. One cent that they assumed that she had stolen. A penny. Even a fucking if penny. your child did steal a penny, a penny or like any amount of money. That's never you sit them down and you tell them why it's an inappropriate thing to do and what they should do in the future. Yeah. You could put them in a timeout. You can make them return the penny. Like there's so many ways, but they didn't even, there was, yeah, they just assumed she stole it. I mean, she could have fucking found it on the ground at school. How many times do you find a penny on the ground? Yeah. Like literally anywhere. Mm hmm. People just, like, throw their pennies out the window. They, like, don't give a fuck about a penny. It's a fucking penny. <laughs> when authorities got involved, all six children claimed that they were spanked constantly and that food was withheld as punishment. Oh, my God. Sarah, the demure... Uh, demure? The demure... What's the word I want to say? <laughs> passive. The passive one. She took all the, the also abused one. Yeah, she took all the blame for the abuse and pled guilty yeah. to assault. And she was sentenced to one year of community service. And the kids were left in their custody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why aren't the kids being removed when there's an allegation of abuse? Right? Like they were removed from their Yeah aunt's house because their mom watched them like bullshit well i guess texas is way more liberal with removing children well they weren't even in texas no i know that's what i'm saying they're like obviously just removing children oh yeah yeah yeah, you're right whereas wherever they were Mm -hmm. i mean i understand like keep the child in the home whatever but if all the kids are like oh we're being physically abused and and food uh, is being denied to us yeah what's it called neglected Neglect, yeah and they're just like oh okay cool well, we'll just have one of good them luck clean up some streets yeah. pick up garbage <laughs> that'll teach them fuck one year later like oh you have to report like did they get a social worker did they have to like who knows get checked up on one year later hannah complained to the school nurse that she had not eaten all day and oh my God! When they called her parents, Sarah claimed that Hannah was quote playing the food card and recommended that she just be given water. What does that even mean? I don't even know. She's playing the "I'm starving" card because yeah, she's just fucking to get, starving. Just to get attention. Give her water? No, yeah. give her a fucking meal. No, she's already being fed. She's just playing that card to get attention. Don't pay any attention to her. Give her water? <laughs> fucking bitch. Shortly after that, all six it's kids... It's just like, this is so disturbing because these children are obviously asking for help yeah. and reaching out to multiple safe adults mm-hmm. in their lives or people they deem as safe adults and then it's just getting them more and more punishment and just well, yeah, like, oh, I mean, we'll just move you around then. Well, it's fucked up because it's like, obviously, it's it seems like the teachers are reporting these things and then yeah. their response is, 
Shortly after this incident, all six kids were again pulled from the school system. And like, how is there not more accountability when you're like, okay, this kid's abused. Oh, wait, they left the school system. This is a dangerous situation. We need someone to check in on this. Like, yeah. How is there not more happening around this? I, I mean, as like safety precautions. Yeah. I mean, because from then on, they were all homeschooled, which. I feel like there's maybe a handful of reasons why people should be homeschooled, but I'd say like 99.9%, you should not, no one should be allowed to homeschool. Like, Well, when you're being homeschooled to hide abuse yeah. or to basically educationally abuse children, and by that I mean like teach them things that aren't accurate, yeah. like indoctrinating them in like religious ways. Right. Or, you know, like I feel like that should definitely not be allowed. Yeah. And like, I mean, for a lot of kids, school is a way that they can eat if they're, yeah. you know, not, they don't have food at home, that they can socialize with people their age and that they have yeah. adults that are not their parents that they can report things to if they need to. I yep. just don't think that there's any real good reason to be homeschooled. A way to potentially connect them with like safe adults who can do yeah, something. Yeah, I think it's horribly damaging yeah. to homeschool your children. Like whatever I mean, your I reason. I would have loved to be homeschooled. Sure. Because, you know, I was anxious literally every would, day of my life. Had you been homeschooled, you would not be making a podcast. You would not be doing half the stuff that you're doing because you would be so introverted and so scared of everything. You wouldn't be how you are, I don't think. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who knows how I would have turned out? I just don't think that there's any really good excuse to homeschool anyone. I think it's, I think it's abusive itself, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> so Well, this definitely was just another way to get away with abuse. And yeah, it was, I don't understand why they're, like, shouldn't there, you know how there's like a federal database for like other criminals? Like, shouldn't there be one for child abusers? But even that, like, isn't the federal database, like, r relatively speaking, new? Like, before it was like, oh, you could just yeah. go to different states and no one would know who you are or what you were doing. Well, and, yeah. I mean, that was like, you know, back yeah. in the day when you could, like, literally use a typewriter to tie up, <laughs> up an ID with whatever name you wanted. And you're yeah. like, yes, this is a valid California driver's license just or whatever. sketch a picture of yourself. Yep. Yeah. So in 2013, they were living in Oregon in a suburb of Portland, when, and the family had rented a house, and they had goats and chickens, you know, seemingly, like, quaint, like, oh, we're doing the, we're teaching our kids about, like, farming and AKA whatever. using them as, like, slave, slave labor, labor. Mm -hmm. on a farm. Mm -hmm. The Oregon authorities were notified of the abuse allegations in Minnesota, which I'm actually shocked that Minnesota oh. reached out and was like, hey. How did they even find them? That's right? amazing. Exactly. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So there is some like accountability. Somewhat, but not well, enough. Well, because it's like, oh my God, they got pulled out of school. Yeah. I think that's, that's why terrifying. they notified them because they were like, where'd they go? They were just, we were just told that they were being abused and now they're gone yeah. and we see that they moved to Oregon. Okay, yeah, good. Good on you, Minnesota. Minnesota, wow. goal. Way to goal. <laughs> goal, Minnesota, goal. goal. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they 
so the Oregon authorities investigated um, wow. the family and they interviewed a bunch of people, like a bunch of people from their family and people that knew the family. Two family friends stated that the children were not allowed to talk unless they raised their hands. Wow. They were not allowed to wish each other happy birthday. Wow. Nor were they allowed to laugh at the dinner table. Wow. Okay. And these people didn't like report this as weird or disturbing or sad or abusive. I'm not sure like why these people never reported that anyway or if they just thought that it was just like oh they have a weird parenting way I don't know but they they told you know the investigators when they asked but it didn't seem like they offered up the information before I'm just saying if you see something say something um yeah especially when you see six children at a dinner table and none of them are laughing they're not allowed to laugh that's like what did they see insane like, did someone accidentally... It doesn't really seem like there'd be much joy in that family anyway. No. But also, like, having to raise your hand yeah. to talk? Yep. What is this, Catholic school? Like, can yep. you imagine having that when you, well, like, they're running get a home? boot camp. Fuck. Other people reported that all six children were very small for their ages. Uh-oh. Most like, Yeah, most likely because they were underfed, like you said. Neglect. Neglect. God damn it. One family. That's like clear proof of neglect right there. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, if one kid maybe is pretty small, like, I feel like I was pretty small for my age, and that's just like genetic. They were probably like, oh, the fat brother is eating all the little sister's food. (laughs) Like, I was always like twice your size in weight and height every, like, until, like, until, like, last year, I feel like. (laughs) But that, I mean, yeah, we're just like from small people. We are small people, but. Like, if all the children mm-hmm. are small, like, something's going on. Yep. That's a clear... Like, I know neglect is notoriously hard to prove, but yeah. I feel like right there... Six children. Proven. Yeah. Like, medically proven. Mm-hmm. One family friend reported that one evening Jennifer ordered a pizza for the family and only allowed each child to have a tiny slice... And then the next morning when she went to, like, get herself a slice or something, she realized that the pizza was gone. Why would there be any pizza (sighs) left over? Right? You're feeding eight people. I could eat a whole pizza to myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she was pissed that the pizza was gone, so she punished them by not feeding them all day and forcing them to lie in their beds for five hours. What the fuck? Why is no one saying anything? I don't know. How are you going to order one pizza for eight people? But then also you think like they're moving around constantly. So even if someone saw something at one point and then they don't know, you know, I don't know. People make excuses themselves. Like you see something well, fucked no, but up like, and you're like. How do you not say something to them where you're like, are you seriously ordering one pizza for your family of eight and expecting leftovers? Yeah. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's fucked up. Like clearly like Jennifer is relating the story to someone for them to know the story for her yeah. to be like, oh, I went and I looked for like the pizza or whatever, I feel like I would just be like, uh, you're fucking crazy. Like, yeah. what do you mean 
you expected there to be pizza left over. Mm-hmm. Why are you ordering like four pizzas for eight people? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think they and can for afford children. four pizzas on a one Cole's salary and whatever measly money they're getting from Texas. <sighs> Then why aren't you making pizza at home? <laughs> like, what is happening? It's fucked up. Um, friends also stated that the children seemed to be scared of Jennifer. Uh, yeah. However, the interviews of the children and the two moms revealed no incidents of abuse. Okay, but like, whoever was doing duh. those interviews was not trained properly. Well, I mean, they probably, like, saw, oh, yeah, they're all being coached because, like... Why, yeah. If they're if they're feeling threatened and scared at home, they're gonna say whatever they have to say to not get in trouble again. Well, also, all the times they've reached out yeah. have resulted in them moving, moving and yep. probably being punished for it. So yep. why yeah, would they exactly. feel safe all of a sudden? Right. So they're just going off of the response of the adults in their life that have so far fucked them over. Mm. The responses from the six heart children were nearly all the same, and they all stressed mm-hmm. there was no abuse in the home and that they were grateful for their situation. Red flag. When authorities entered the heart home, it seemed neat, orderly, and newly remodeled. And Jennifer and Sarah's room was decorated and nice, and the children's rooms were bare. Neglect. One investigator... Also, like, no offense, but if you have six children, your house should not be in order. <laughs> like, what? Unless you're running it like a boot camp and your yeah. kids aren't actually playing. Like that's a red flag. They're not... Well, if they don't have, like, toys or anything in their room, like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah, they're not doing anything that children do. You're, they're I feel like this is, like, raising such their a hand when, case of neglect. Yeah, they're raising their hand when, when they want to talk. They're... Uh, They're malnourished. Their room is bare. Yeah, one investigator noted that the children showed little emotion or animation. Mm-mm. They were sign of abuse. They were allegedly made to walk single file to the bedroom, which I don't know if all six of them were sharing a bedroom or. Oh God, I hope not. What? And they were also told when they could go to the bathroom. Abuse. Mm-hmm. Oh God, these poor children. I'm like. I just feel so horrible for them. This well, is so awful. Jennifer claimed that everyone was just trying to persecute them because they were lesbian mothers with six black children. Um, or because you're doing a horrible <laughs> job taking care of these children. Yeah, because you're a fucking monster. Because you're abusive. Like, what the fuck? Unfortunately, in the end, the investigation somehow could not c- conclude whether the hearts were guilty of anything or whether there was a safety threat to the children. Well, like I said, neglect is like one of the like the hardest forms of child abuse to prove. Right. But I feel like this is like such a clear, yep. clear, like it's super easy to prove neglect. Mm-hmm. Take pictures of the bedroom. Take pictures of the children. Send them to a doctor. Get mm-hmm. some kind of report that says that they're in like whatever percentile and they're like mm-hmm. way underweight and under height and under everything. Like, yeah, three of them are related and the other three are related. Mm-hmm. I think so. But they're not related to each other. Right. So why so are like, they all the same weight and everything? Why are they all underfed? Like yeah. why are During all this time the family became well-known members of this nationwide festival community. 
and they would often attend multi-day gatherings that were focused on togetherness, dance, music, yoga, and community. So the moms probably had a tent with like an air mattress and then all six kids probably had to share a tent with like a little blanket. Probably. Sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. The Hart children were often all dressed in matching shirts and could be seen dancing and singing as attendees looked at them with smiles and warmth, seeing this seemingly enlightened and happy family. This is so fucking awful. Their social media accounts were carefully curated to show their family as happy, healthy, that, like, sorry, as a happy, healthy tribe that wouldn't be broken apart by an uncaring world filled with prejudice. Should be broken apart mm-hmm. by social workers and <laughs> police yep. taking those poor children away. The social media accounts were filled with videos and pictures of the family on their various adventures and festivals. I fucking it, hate social media. Yeah, it it's ruining our society, just like global warming and everything else. Anyway. Well, isn't that like, I mean, you're like exploiting your yeah. children. Yeah. How is that not abusive? Well, I mean, it's crazy how in today's world, babies are born and their everyday lives are being posted from the minute that they're born until they are. I just feel like that's so dangerous. It is dangerous. I think it's messed up, but it's everyone does it. I mean, I posted one picture of my cat. on my Instagram and I felt so guilty for doing that <laughs> because he can't consent to like I don't his know. picture being out in the world. I think I with know. pets it's different. I also just don't think that you people should be posting shit all the time. No. But but I just yeah, I wonder what the repercussions will be of children who have grown up mm-hmm. completely online. Yeah. Without them saying, like, it's okay. I mean, I feel like we all have those pictures you look back at and you're like, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. Like, I can't believe you took that picture of me or whatever. And now it's, like, for the world to see. But also not to mention all the pedophiles online that are just harvesting your children's pictures and keeping them in their photo album. Yeah. Like, why would you want to put that out there? I don't know. Seems (sighs) sketchy to me, but everyone's doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't have a womb goblin, so I can't, you know, but I just feel like, yeah, that's so extreme. It seems like it'll be detrimental once they're of age. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think that'd be like such an invasion it would be of your personhood in- and your privacy? Well, and I mean, shit, I'm just thinking like from my standpoint as a transgender person, like... I don't want mm-hmm. all my pictures of, like, me, you know, before I transitioned up everywhere and, like, people having access to that. And, like, that's detriment. That would be detrimental to me. <laughs> yeah. And you should have control over that. Yeah. Because it's you and, and you don't know what your, who, your, who your kids are or even if they're going to – what job, what careers they're going to try and go into as an adult and having pictures yeah. of them, like, could be very detrimental to them just getting a job. Yeah. Or it could put you at risk yeah. for yeah. being killed or abused or, or targeted whatever. Targeted. In some way. Yeah. 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 I just I know. Think that people don't think that. They're just like, Oh, look at my cute child. I'm post it so that everyone can see and it's like mm. And also, I mean like a bunch of people have cut <laughs> Your crotch goblin isn't special. 
nope. to the rest of the world. It nope. is to you, for sure. For but sure. For the rest of us. But keep it to like, yourself. Right. No one else wants to see that shit. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how this will all unfold. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's not good. So included in the photos of their social media were pictures of beaming children holding signs saying, love is always beautiful. I just hate how they, like, picked children of color Mm -hmm. to be like, look how great we are. Yep. Yep. But that's exactly what it is. Oh, we adopted, you know, three kids at the same time because it'd be really challenging for a lot of people. And we have like the the means to do it. it, Mm -hmm. So we're going to do it regardless of the background. Yeah. No, they don't even have the resources or the means to do it. They're just doing it to make themselves look good. Oh, we need black children so we can look like, oh, we're this like really. uh, We're just really good people. Liberal, open-minded couple Uh that are saving the world. Mm Mm-hmm. One stolen family at a time. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Super fucked up. One colonizers in modern form. Yeah, I was just thinking that. (laughs) Um, One one person who notified the Oregon Department of Human Services in 2013 said, The kids pose and are made to look like one big happy family, but after the photo event, they go back to looking lifeless. Yeah. Another person told authorities that the kids acted like they were trained robots. Well, they are. Uh-huh. Trained. Uh, yeah. And they can't express themselves, obviously, so they're robotic. Uh, a friend who... Yeah, they're not allowed to have emotions. No. Horrible. A friend whom the family stayed with in California at one point told investigators that Jennifer ran the family like a boot camp. And that true kindness, love, and respect for the kids was largely absent. Mm-hmm. So all this is being okay. reported. But like I said, there's like but no... there's no proof. Well, there's no there's database, no too, because it's like... are being neglected. Right. It's like, well, you said so that, and they dumb. said that, but this was in California, and this was in Oregon, and this is in Minnesota, and there's no database to report it all. That's why yeah, I was surprised that like the Minnesota authorities like contacted the... Oregon authorities, because it seemed like that didn't happen anywhere else. Let's get on that if it's not a thing already. There needs to be like a a national database of child abusers. There needs to be a national database of stalkers. Yeah. There needs to be like things that you can check in and kind of vet people. Yeah. To make sure they're safe, and if they're not, to keep an eye on them, and then. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So one of the Hart children became nationally recognized in December of 2014 after a photograph of him at a Black Lives Matter protest in Portland went viral. In the photo, Devante, with tears streaming down his face, is seen hugging a white police officer who was at the protest to keep the peace, which I hate that because I don't think that that, like, no, you're not there to keep the peace. Whatever. No, they're there to intimidate. Yeah, exactly. They're the ones that cause all the fucking rioting and shit. Anyway, yeah. the photo was shared with countless, or the photo was shared countless times as people across the country used it as an example of unity after the fucked up shit that happened in Ferguson, Missouri. So he's just being exploited again. Yep. Overnight, television shows wanted to have Devante as a guest. But Jennifer refused and argued she wanted to protect her son's privacy. Oh, 
But posting it uh-huh. on social exactly. media. Exactly. And posting like every aspect of their lives on social media is protecting their privacy. And also, she basically forced him to hug this police officer. Yeah, that kid is probably crying because they were terrified. That's what it looks like to me. Like, it, they're like, yeah. oh, look, he's crying like tears of joy because he feels like safe or whatever. And it's like, no, if you look at that picture, you can see in his face that he is terrified. Well, and it's probably, too, it's like, he's going up to this person that's supposed to be protecting him and like saving him from these people who are abusing him and he can't even say anything too. And he's being forced to go and like hug this. I'm sure the police were in like riot gear and stuff. Yeah, you know, they oh, probably yeah. look really scary. Yeah. And you're at and, a black lives matter protest for police murdering. A yeah. And black people are like, go. Yeah. Hug, hug this, this person. Hug this person who. You, you're you at this protest because these people are targeting people of color yep. to murder. Yeah, go hug this person. How is that not terrifying? It's so scary. Um, so after that, when they were like, oh, can we have him as a guest on our TV shows? Jennifer decided to take a hiatus from online forums for six months. So that, like... Like, don't they want the recognition? Well, I think, like, she got the recognition, and, and then she and then her being like, well, I'm afraid of, you know, I don't want him to whatever. Like, I'm protecting him. Then it's even more like, oh, what a good mother. Like, they were at this protest, and her son is so woke that he's, like, hugging this potential murderer, and you're, and I'm, like, protecting my son by, like, keeping his, um, you know, information. I don't know. Like it just, it's back and forth, but it seems like that was her fucked up reasoning. Well, I, I'm sure her reasoning too is like, we don't want anyone looking into our family Yeah, because well, obviously yeah. we're abusive, scary people. Yeah. We don't want him to be on TV shows because yeah. he has no affect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because and he you would can have tell to tell that this child has been abused. Exactly, like he would have to like, be coached what to say. Plus, she doesn't want him saying anything that would put her and her wife at risk of being right. locked up. So if if he's on TV, she can't sit next to him and coach him with what but to say. But I guess I don't understand why she wasn't like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna protect his privacy, but I'll like be in the public eye." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't she know. just seems like such a monster. I don't she understand is. what's going on. Well, that too, like, she's so controlling, I guess, you know, her kid has more, like, people want to talk to him, and yeah, she doesn't really have control over that situation. The only control she can have is to be like, nope, we're pulling everything. Like, you have no access. Now I get to control Mm -hmm. when he talks to people, who he sees, who sees him. Yep. Yeah, that makes more sense where she needs to be in control. Yeah. Because she's a fucking monster. Right. In 2017, the Hearts moved to Woodland, Washington. Their next-door neighbors, Bruce and Dana DeKalb, noticed that the six children rarely left the house and that the house was always dark with the blinds drawn. Oh, my God. In August of that year, Hannah jumped out of the second-story window of the family's home around 1.30 a.m. and ran to the DeKalb's house. She knocked on the door until someone answered and then pleaded with the neighbors saying, don't make me go back. They're racists and they abuse us. Wow. 
Bruce and Dana noticed that Hannah was missing her two front teeth and that she was very, very thin for her age. How old is she? Uh, I want to say she was like 12 or 14. So past like baby teeth. Yeah, they were definitely missing her. She was missing her front teeth, her adult front teeth. She jumped out of a second story window. Yes. To escape this horror. Yep. Oh my God. This poor, poor, poor child. She asked the couple to hide her from Jennifer and Sarah. Okay. Um, and like when they let her in the house, she immediately went and hid in their bedroom. Oh my God. Shortly after this happened, Jennifer was over at the DeKalb house and no. was able to get her daughter and bring her back home. I would have not let her in and called the fucking cops. Yeah. The next morning, all eight members of the Hart family went to the DeKalb's house, and Jennifer explained to them that the kids were, quote, drug babies, which is why they acted out sometimes. She also said that Hannah's birth mother... jumping out of a second-story window is not acting out. That's asking for help. Yeah. She also said that Hannah's birth mother was bipolar and that her front teeth had been knocked out when she accidentally fell. And you didn't take her to a dentist? No. Why? When Dana DeKalb asked to speak to Hannah alone, excuse me, Jennifer replied, we do everything as a family. No. Hannah then handed the DeKalbs a handwritten note apologizing for her actions the previous night and saying she had lied and was trying to get attention. No. Dana DeKalb told her father about the bizarre encounter, and he reported Sarah and Jennifer to the authorities. Good. But no follow-up action was taken. How? Mm Mm-hmm. Several months later, in March of 2018, Devonte Hart approached Bruce DeKalb while he was outside working on his truck. The 15-year-old boy asked DeKalb if he could have something to eat, and oh he nervously asked him not to tell his parents. Oh, my God. DeKalb gave Devonte food, and then this happened a few more times. Devonte then gave his neighbor a wish list of food, and asked, uh, what is his name? Well, asked the neighbor to leave the items in a box by the fence where his parents wouldn't notice. This is so horribly tragic. Yeah. After several visits from Devante, the DeKalbs decided to alert authorities again. Yes. On March twenty third, two thousand eighteen, Dana DeKalb called Child Protective Services. A CPS worker visited the Hart house, and after knocking on the door and nobody answered, she just left her card in the door. That is so fucked dangerous. up. Yeah, like oh, that so is obviously the kids' lives. Someone danger. called CPS. Here's a CPS card. Like you're, you're alerting yeah, the mm-hmm. parents. No, so I don't know what kind of training these people have out there or anywhere. Well, here's, here's the thing: a lot of CPS employees are overworked and underpaid and there's a good portion of them that actually don't have social work backgrounds. Yeah. They have backgrounds in 
like other things that aren't even related to social services. But they're not like trained at CP. If you have a job at CPS, you're not trained. Like these are the things that put you at put your the families or the children or you at risk. Well, hopefully the training's gotten a lot better. Uh, this is 2018. But, I mean, <laughs> ugh. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. There needs to be more resources for CPS workers. Yeah. I know that they're extremely overworked, and I know that they don't get paid shit. Right. And it's like, this is one of the most important jobs Yeah. in this country is taking care of children. Protecting children, so like, yeah. Yeah, why is the training inadequate? Why are... Why is the funding inadequate? Mm-hmm. Why are they so fucking overworked? Because mm-hmm. obviously we don't prioritize like public health and nope. mental health and health of children nope. and safety. Nope. <laughs> Got to give all that gold to God. Fucking I. And the billionaires. And the billionaires. Who are running the world. Mm-hmm. So the following day, the DeKalbs noticed that the Hart's car was missing Oh, God. Sarah had texted a coworker at 3 a.m. that morning saying that she wasn't feeling well and wouldn't be into work that day. Red flag. The hearts, probably fearing that the authorities were closing in on them and their abuse, packed up the kids like they did every other time the authorities were looking to intervene. Only this time, they didn't really take anything with them. All their toothbrushes were left behind, and all eight members of the Hart family were gone. They drove south along Highway 1. The family drove without stopping or taking pictures for their social media accounts. The last sighting of the family was at a Safeway grocery store in Fort Bragg, California. It was... Wow, they made it far on the one. Mm Mm-hmm. It was March 25th. 2018, and a security camera caught Jennifer on video surveillance buying $20 worth of groceries, which, like, what is that going to do for eight people? Yeah, I feel like... Especially, yeah, I feel like... What are you buying? I feel like at Safeway, you could literally buy, like, a Snickers bar, and it'd be, like, $20. Oh, my God. Safeway is, like, fucking extremely <laughs> overpriced. <laughs> I know I've gone there and gotten, like, two things, and it's, like, $20, mm-hmm. and I'm, like... You're like, what How? did I buy? I don't understand. How? Yeah. The following day, Monday, March 26th, a German tourist alerted authorities to a shocking scene. Oh, God. The family's Yukon was spotted belly up on the rocks at the bottom of a cliff. Jesus. Which was only a 25-minute drive from the Safeway where they had been spotted the day before. The authorities were alerted, and rescue workers rappelled down the cliff. Inside the SUV, the dead bodies of Jennifer and Sarah were discovered. And nearby, three of, the, of their adopted children, Marcus, who was 19, Jeremiah, who was 14, and Abigail, who was 14, were also mm-hmm. found dead. Investigators released details of the crash to try and find out what had happened, and the details slowly came to light. Once authorities began to dig into Jen, Jennifer and Sarah Hart's past, they pieced together a decade-long tale of abuse and neglect that ended tragically on a remote stretch of highway more than 500 miles from their homestead in Washington. The scene and the GMC... Well, yep. 
Okay, 500 miles on the one Mm -hmm. would take like a fucking year. (laughs) Like how many days were they in that car and then they stopped like at Safeway one time? No, that was the last time that they were spotted. So I'm sure that they would just drove and like the only stops were to like fuel up for gas and to pee. Okay. And then they're just driving. Jesus. How terrifying to be one of those kids. Like what a horrible life. The scene in the GMC Yukon's computer and airbag controllers were analyzed for information, and the story they told was disturbing. Jennifer was at the wheel of the Yukon, in control as always. She pulled off Highway 1 onto a gravel turnout and stopped the vehicle 70 feet from the cliff's edge. She then accelerated the car to roughly 90 miles per hour, and without touching the brakes... Investigators found no skid marks, plunged the car off of the 100-foot cliff onto the rocks below, killing herself and her entire family. Oh, my God. Nobody in the car was wearing a seatbelt, and Jennifer, who was driving, was found to have had almost twice the legal limit of alcohol in her system. What a fucking bitch. Yeah, the theory is that she drank to build up her courage. And numb herself. And numb herself, right. Sarah and two of the children were found to have taken antihistamines that caused drowsiness in their systems. Oh, my God. At first, only the two women and three children could be identified. And then nearly two weeks after the crash, 12-year-old Sierra's body was found on a beach north of where the wreckage was. So she was, like, thrown from the car. Parts of a foot inside a shoe were found, and DNA proved that the foot belonged to Hannah. And Devante's body was never found, but authorities believe both of them perished in the crash. Yeah. After the crash that killed all eight members of the Hart family, many questions remained. Did Jennifer decide to kill herself and her family spontaneously? Was it planned? Did, Did Sarah know? A search, no. a search history of the couple's phones revealed that on the drive, Sarah made some suspicious Google searches, such as, how easily can I overdose on over-the-counter medications? Can 500 milligrams of Benadryl kill a 125-pound woman? And how long does it take to die from hypothermia while drowning in a car? Um, yeah, well, they knew it was happening as soon as they left that house in Washington. Yeah. Pretty much as soon as they saw that note left, yep. I'm sure Jennifer was planning it. Because, like, where else are they going to run to? Now they've got all these other people on their case about abuse. Lieutenant Shan- Shannon Barney of the Mendocino County Sheriff's Office said, In my opinion, Sarah and Jennifer succumbed to a lot of pressure. They got to the point where they made a conscious decision to end their lives and take their children with them. My feeling is based on talking to witnesses that they felt if they couldn't have those kids, no one was going to have those kids. Yeah. Criminal charges. Yeah. And obviously criminal charges cannot be brought against dead people. So they had a jury, a coroner's journey, journey, a coroner's jury. (laughs) Take a coroner's journey (laughs) to this coroner's jury. (laughs) And they... Uh, the jury was assigned to determine cause rather than guilt. And they okay. u- they unanimously ruled that Jennifer and Sarah Hart intended to die along with their six adopted children. 
Marcus, Jeremiah, and Abigail. Or Marcus, Jeremiah, Abigail, Devante, Hannah, and Sierra. Okay, so Hannah was. Oh, Hannah was sixteen, when she like had her missing teeth and went to the neighbors and stuff. So yeah. Um, according to an incident report following the murders, it was reported that Sarah told a coworker that she wished someone told her it was okay not to have a big family. Then she and Jennifer would not have adopted the children. Oh my God. Yeah. Like go fuck yourself. I just feel like I like, I feel like from the outside that there's a strong likelihood that Sarah was also being abused yeah. and manipulated and lied to. Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, it just sounds like Jennifer was an extremely abusive person. Yep. And very controlling. So Jennifer and Sarah cannot be questioned or stand trial for what happened, unfortunately. And their death certificates list their cause of death as suicides, while the children are all listed as homicides. Yeah. Mendocino County Sheriff Coroner Thomas Allman told reporters um, the federal that the... Told reporter, uh, I don't know why I wrote, like, I don't, that doesn't make sense, but. Good thing you changed it since the last recording so yeah. that it did make sense. Yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, so Thomas Allman told reporters that there was like a federal oversight of abuse. Uh, obviously. That five states were involved with the adoptions yep. and the abuse allegations of the children yeah. And he said, where are, where are the systematic failures that possibly could have prevented this? We do yeah. not have a national database for child abuse allegations. Yep, I need to have one. Which is Because how often bullshit. does that happen yep. where people pack up and move because, mm-hmm. you know, someone's noticed something. Or homeschool. Or because a child disclosed to yep. a teacher. Yep. Or they're just homeschooling them. Take yeah. them out. It's bad. Horrible. So that's the fucked up story of these women who ruined the lives of themselves and six innocent children. That's just like so fucking awful. Yep. I didn't realize that it was so recent and so close by yep. where they died. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of the, I mean, most of those kids were going to age out anyway. One of them was 19. Yeah. The youngest one, I think, was like 12, so like. Well, that could have been part of it, too, that Jennifer was losing control. Right, and then they can go go tell people what actually is going on and get the younger kids out of the house. Yeah. And get them in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least they could just, like, leave and start their own lives away from the abuse and that would be scary for like a controlling abuser that then they don't have they're losing control of the people that they need to have control over that's valid because they're so fucked up in the head yeah not even like are you gonna tell me but just like i can't i can't abuse you to the same extent anymore oh i fucking i'm so fucking sick of (laughs) abusive assholes like what our society is just set up in such a way that people get to be abusive and horrible pieces of shit and kill other people and then kill themselves because there's 
like violence is just so ingrained in our fucking society. Yeah. I'm just disgusted and horrified. Those poor children, like what yeah. a life they had. Yeah. And just filled uh, with abuse and fear and And I'm not sure about trying to get help that no one was helping them. Yeah, and I'm not sure about the other three, but three of them were very much wanted by their yeah. biological family. Like Yeah. I think there was an interview with the aunt who was basically like, you know, this is so fucked up. Like we wanted yeah. them if they had just stayed in our custody, like sure their mom has a substance abuse problem, but even when she watched them that one time nothing happened and I ha- they were perfectly safe in my care and had they yeah. been left in my care, they would still be here. How tragic for them. Mhm. For that poor, yeah, that poor woman to be like, "Oh my god, I did what I thought was best and then I never got to see my family again. Those poor children ended up living in a super abusive environment for their lives and then murdered. So they didn't even have a chance to, like, be adults and Mm -mm. live their own lives. Blech. Oh, so fucking horrible. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. The tossed salad, a scrambled egg. So. Well, I think Jennifer is a tossed piece of shit <laughs> salad. Yep. I think that Sarah was probably super abused from the time that they like started dating mm-hmm. and on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the children were extremely abused and neglected and that was like fucked up. Yeah. <sighs> Horrible. Horrible. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> depressing. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway, let's talk about something else. <laughs> All right, you want to do some crimey sakes? And now for the portion that we like to call crimey sakes, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. Yeah, but now I don't even remember what ones I had last time. I should have listened before I deleted my part. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I have one from penlive.com. Police in Lackawanna County broke up an exorcism in the lumber aisle of a home improvement store. Details are <laughs> scarce on just what was going on inside the Home Depot on Commerce Drive in Dixit. Dixon City Monday afternoon, but police were called around 3.26 p.m. to escort several people out of the store for bad behavior. According to reports, the exorcism was held for the trees that had been turned into lumber. What are you exercising from the trees? The spirits of the trees. You're setting the tree spirits free? Maybe. Okay. There is no indication the incident had anything to do with the price of lumber, which is skyrocketing. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I did. I did find mine too. Okay. okay. Um, so that would be interesting to happen upon. Like, okay. <clears throat> if, like, aren't exorcisms like a Catholic thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So I got this from Rolling Stone article. 
Generally, when being interrogated by police, it's best to keep your mouth shut unless you have a lawyer by your side. Right. But maybe there's another way to get out of trouble. Oh, do Sean A. Sykes Jr., a 24-year-old resident of Kansas City, was riding in a car when police found drugs and two handguns, so he was taken in for further questioning. Uh-oh. When a detective asked Sykes about his address, he, quote, leaned to one side of his chair and released a loud fart before (laughs) answering with the address. The barrage of farts continued, and according to the detective, he continued to be flatulent, and I ended the interview. Though he was not charged, Sykes was pulled over two months later. Police allegedly found crack and a stolen gun in his car, and it seems likely that he won't be able to fart his way out of trouble this time. Wow. They found drugs and, and a weapon in his car the first time, and he farted his way out? He, yeah, police were like, I am not dealing with this shit. <laughs> Man. Okay, uh-huh. so note to self, eat a bunch of cheese before I get pulled over. And then, oh, because uh, you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> I am getting more lactose intolerant by the day. Yeah, it happens. It's If you have like an allergy, horrible. oftentimes they get worse. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, so you like can't eat cheese anymore? Well, I will and I do, but stand clear and there better be a bathroom. Is there a difference between like cow cheese or goat cheese or sheep cheese? I don't know. I haven't noticed anything yet, but... Oh. <laughs> wow. It's always a, a good idea at the beginning. It, it's a good idea when it's in my mouth, but it's a bad idea once I swallow it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I got another one. Oh. Over on Long Island, 26-year-old Ariel bon- Bonici... Bonnie C. was snagged by cops back in May for marijuana possession. Uh A few months later, she had to show up for the court summons. Court appearances are super boring, but you know what would help that? More weed. So according to police, Bonnie rolled up to the station, cutting off undercover cops (laughs) while taking out while talking on her cell phone on the way in, parking in a spot featuring a PD parking only sign. Not exactly the smartest move, but to be fair, she was allegedly super fucking high. When cops confronted her about her illegal parking spot, a huge cloud of pot smoke puffed out, puffed out of the window. Maybe she was holding all the smoke for a friend. She was charged with unlawful possession of marijuana again and has to appear in court again. I mean, it's bullshit that anyone's being charged with pot anything like, that's so archaic. I know. And but like, secondly, to but what a fucking cruising. idiot. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Cut off undercover cops, park in a parking spot that is not allowed, and then spewing smoke like, out. Blatantly like, come on, girl. In a police parking lot. What an idiot. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. That's fun. That is fun. <laughs> Well, you know what else is fun? What? Taking a shower or a bath. Yeah, make it quick, though. Got it. Yeah, we are sure. in a drought, so quick, quick. But quick, quick. if you want to pamper yourself, check out Humble Bee Herbal. They have everything you need to pamper your skin. and Their soap lathers really nicely. It's like moisturizing and not drying. You would it's... almost think that you were in a lesbian relationship getting moisture in your <laughs> amniotic fluids. 
because you're going to be so moist after using like, their soaps. This soap makes you so intelligent <laughs> because it's almost of as all... if you had lesbian mothers to uh, <laughs> make your brain smarter. But no, it's just really nice <laughs> products. <laughs> so check them out. Humblebeeherbal.com promo code CRIMINE20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's humblebeeherbal.com. Check them out. Wash your way to a more intelligent you. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for dealing with our little hiccups. Thanks for your patience. And we will speak at you again in... At some point. <laughs> hopefully in two weeks. Hopefully if this all uh, saves and <sighs> isn't deleted. So Back your stuff up on every possible... Mm-hmm. I'll back it up, Thing. back it up. Back it up. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.